Luke chapter 8, if you have your Bibles there. I want to I wanna preface today with a couple of understandings and things I think we need to make as we understand this, otherwise what I talk about doesn't apply. All right? So the first thing I want to do while you're finding it, Luke chapter 8, verse 22. The first thing I want you to understand is you have to be in a position to saying that God's word is true and that's it. That it's above any of your circumstances, it's above what anyone else might say, it's above what anyone else might do, it's above your experience. God's word is true, that's it. All right? It's a bit like saying, you know, gravity is real. And when you accept that, then you can do things like make aeroplanes fly. Does that make sense? Or you can go, you know what, I can actually walk because I'm not going to float away into space. I can go outside safely because gravity is real, right? If gravity wasn't real, then you may want to stay indoors or what's left of indoors (laughs) because taking out things like oxygen and all that sort of stuff, you know, you step outside, you float away, right? That's why when you go into space, they usually stay inside the spaceship, the capsule, you know, because going outside, you float away. and You can't just walk back, swim back, whatever it is. You keep floating because there's nothing to keep you there. All right? So we take that assumption. Gravity is real, so therefore I can walk outside, I can jump, I can run, I can do whatever it was, and I won't float away into space. All right? You've got to take that same approach with, approach with the Word of God and say, as a bottom foundation, God's Word is true. And then we can build everything else on that. Now you can go outside and you can jump and go, oh look, maybe gravity isn't real. Because I can jump off the ground. And people do the same thing with the word of God. They have an experience and they go, oh maybe God's word isn't quite right on that. And they add buts. And the problem is when we get our butt in the way, our butt gets us in trouble, Right? Make sense? So I really want you as we go in today to, to get that as your bottom line foundation. Talking about butts. All right. Is that God's word is true. That it says he's not a man that he cannot lie. So if he says it, then it has to happen. Right? Even if you haven't experienced it happening yet, it has to happen. We've had Isaac sitting on the computer playing a game and he must have been listening to Kenneth Copeland singing sometime this week, was he? Okay, he's listening to... Isaac will sit there and he'll, he'll get all these faith preachers and just start listening to them. He puts them on YouTube and plays them and then he'll play computer games while they're playing through the headphones and he sits at the computer. And he must be listening to Kenneth Copeland and he must have been singing. And there's a song he sings that at some conference or something where he comes out and sings, cast your bread upon the waters and it'll return to you. I can't remember the rest of the words or something, but it's about, it's taking out Ecclesiastes that, that when you, basically saying that when you, when you sow, that the harvest will come back to you. Not necessarily when you expect it, not necessarily in the time you may want it to, but your harvest will come back to you. And he's sitting at the computer and, 
And Dale and I were going through some stuff this week and we're trying to work it out. And she sends me this video of him sitting there playing this game, singing, Cast your bread on the waters. (laughs) Top of his lungs, all right? And it'll return to you and all this stuff. And he's singing away just to play in his game. And it's like out of the mouths of babes, you know? That even though we were going through stuff, God's word's still true. Yeah? So let me read to you from Luke chapter 8, verse 22. It says, One day they went out in the boat. This is Jesus and his disciples. One day he went out in the boat with his disciples and he said to them, let's go over the other side of the lake. Now what did Jesus say? He said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now that is the word of God, right? You sure? See, it's in red in my Bible, so it must be, right? You've got to remember that if God's word is true, that Jesus and his word is one. John chapter 1, one verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Just like you and your word are one. Yeah? If you constantly tell lies, then people will call you what? A liar. You are the liar. Because you and your words are one. If you're a person, if you're a person of integrity, then their word you can trust, right? Because you and your word are one. What you say is you. That's why the Bible says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? You may want to be something different, but if this is what you're saying, then that's who you are. You know, there was a situation this week where I was under pressure and I said a couple of things and I, I was actually disappointed in myself because I thought I had better faith in that area than I did. And I thought that shouldn't come out, but out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when pressure comes, what's really inside you comes out. And I thought my faith was here, but it was only here. And I actually got quite angry with myself. I thought, no, I'm better than that. I know better than that because God's word's better than that. But I didn't have the faith level because when the pressure came, I went to here. It was better than here where I used to be, but it wasn't up here where I wanted to be. So I'm going, okay, I've got to build my faith in that. Right? So Jesus said, let us go over the other side of the lake. So he said they're going to get in the boat and they're going to go to the other side of the lake. Now, is that determined by anything else? If Jesus said it, and a meteor fell from heaven into the middle of that lake, what is going to happen? They're still going to go to the other side of the lake. If the Loch Ness monster appeared in the middle of that lake, it was a scene from Jaws, and a whole lot of sharks came to eat the boat, what's going to happen? If the bottom of the boat springs a massive leak and water gushes in, what's going to happen? They're still going to get to the other side of the lake because Jesus' word was, let us go to the other side of the lake. See, I want us to understand that when God speaks, it doesn't matter what circumstances come against that word, that word you can take to the bank.
I want us to get that mentality. That if God said it, that's it. Let's read on. So they launched out. So all's good. And as they sailed, he, as being Jesus, fell asleep. Why wouldn't he? Because what's going to happen? They're going to go to the other side of the lake. He doesn't need to worry. He's not concerned about the weather. He's not concerned if the Loch Ness Monster appears in the middle of the lake. He's not worried about meteors falling from the sky. He's going to the other side of the lake. So he can go to sleep. It's a good chance to have a rest. You know what? Every one of those disciples could have laid down and slept in that boat and they still would have made it to the other side of the lake. Because Jesus said, let us go to the other side of the lake. So then a wind storm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger. Were they really? And they came to Jesus and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. And he arose and freaked out and jumped over the side of the boat and started swimming for land because the boat was sinking, right? No. He awoke, he rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased. Why did they cease? Because he said, we're going to the other side of the lake. Think about it. They could have had that wind pushing them to the other side of the lake quicker. But they freaked out. So he said to them, where is your faith? And being afraid, they marveled, saying to each other, who then is this man who commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him? Jesus said, let us go over the other side of the lake, and guess what? They went to the other side of the lake. When a storm came against them and stopped them from doing that, Jesus spoke to the storm, he spoke to the wind, he spoke to the waves, and everything went calm and they went to the other side of the lake. In your life, you're going to have storms. When God says something, I can promise you the next thing that's going to happen is a storm. How do I know that? Because he tells us about the word. He says in the parable of the sower, he says, you know, when the word is sown, and the first one it falls on, the ground and the birds come and eat it. And he compares that to the devil. He says, immediately. So the the seed has just been sown, the word has just been spoken, and he says, immediately the devil comes and tries to steal the word. You ever felt like that, that God says something and immediately the opposite starts to happen? That's the devil. Because he will come and try and steal the word before it takes root. That's what he does. He will bring a storm into your life. He'll bring a difficulty or a challenge to try and take what God says. And if you let go of what God says, he will take it from you. And then you empower him to carry out that in his kingdom. That is why there is so much counterfeit out there of what is genuine. Because people have given over the power that is theirs in God to the devil. Because he has no power. You see, you need to understand the authority here on earth. 
You see, we think that God can just come and do what he likes on the earth. He actually can't. And we think the devil can come and do what he likes on the earth. He can't either. Because the authority for the earth was given to who? It was given to us. Adam was given dominion over the earth. That's why the devil had to come in the form of a snake because the snake gave his body over to Satan because he couldn't operate otherwise. Make sense? But you see, when we stepped into sin, we started to give the devil room to operate. And he operates through people. But we still have that dominion in Christ. He is now Lord over the earth, but Jesus is no longer here. He still has the authority, but he's gone back up to heaven. So who is he given that authority to? His bride, his church, us. And he's given us the authority to carry out his word. Does that make sense? This is Theology 101, eight weeks in ten minutes. Oh, I'm over time. Sorry, guys. It's only the Dockers in Adelaide. I was worried. So we have that authority in Jesus. And this is why we need to be stepping into heaven. Because, you see, we want done on heaven as it is in earth. I think... The church has forgotten that part of things. You see, if it happens in heaven, it can happen on earth. In fact, if it's happening in heaven, God desires for it to happen on earth. It's in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not Harold, be his name. What's the next bit? The very next bit. So it starts out with recognising... Good tip when you're praying, you pray to the Father in Jesus' name. Hallowed, worship, honour. The very first thing that comes up is what? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is what? In heaven. So if it's happening in heaven, it should be happening here on earth. So if you're ever thinking, hmm... I have to wait to heaven to get that? No. Because if it's happening in in heaven, your job is to bring that to earth. That's what we're here to do. We're here to bring heaven to earth. We're here to make the earth like heaven. See, we have this faithless mentality that has come into the church. That we're going to come into the end days and it's going to be turmoil and strife and horrible and everything's going to be like, oh, and then Jesus will come. That doesn't sound like heaven on earth. That sounds like fear. Yeah? You know what God says about his bride before Jesus comes back? Who's his bride? We are. His church. Right? His ecclesia. His government. His called out ones. That's us. 
What does he say about us? He says that we'll be a pure bride ready for the coming of the bridegroom. Right? Now let me ask you this. If his church is the pure bride, if his church is functioning as they would in heaven, what sort of power and influence are they going to be moving in? If we're walking in perfect love, what does perfect love look like? Perfect love heals the sick. Perfect love raises the dead. Perfect love casts out demons. Perfect love takes authority where it needs to to bring good over evil. Yeah? I actually wonder if by the time Jesus is ready to come back that we're moving in such perfect love that we've absolutely whipped the devil's butt. And he's got nowhere left to go except back into hell. And so we as a church need to start to rise up and start being under the circumstances and waiting for Jesus to come back again as our key to, oh good, it's all over. And start going, I'm here to bring heaven on earth. I'm here to bring the will of heaven, the will of my Father, here on earth. That's our job. To be the bride. How do we do that? By acting on his word and saying, his word is true. I don't care what the circumstance says. His word is true. Because see, the devil will try and use fear to intimidate you, to bring doubt. That's all he's got. And he did it with the disciples. Jesus said, let's go on the other side. And what did he do? He came and intimidated them and brought fear on them by bringing a storm. And they all go, ooh. I mean, Jesus is in the boat. He's just done a whole lot of miracles. But they still haven't got it. And I think maybe we still haven't got it. That we have the authority of Christ. That when the storm comes, you can tell the wind to stop. You can tell the rain, that's it. You can tell whatever is coming against you, whether it's sickness or the bank or some creditor or whatever it is that's coming against you, and you can say, enough. Enough. Because God's word says... And that's why you have to be reading your Bible. It has to be the priority in your day. Because if you don't know what it says, then you can't move in its power. You can't move in its authority. You can't move in confidence. And you will be intimidated by the storm. Do you want to share something? Um, I've been I've been asking the Lord how because I know that people struggle with reading the Word every day, some of us, and I've been asking for a practical way 
of how we actually get God's word in us and how we actually pray. And I was praying last night and um, the Lord showed me something. You know, we can use Google. Yeah? You know, we can actually use Google because it's fine. Somebody comes to the Lord and we go, oh, just read your Bible. And yes, we do need to be reading that. Read through the Gospels. Read through, you know, the epistles and, and read, this, read through. Read through Psalms and Proverbs. Read the stories because you need to know the, the history and you need to know that everything points to the cross and, and all those things. But when you're first starting out or when you're under pressure, sometimes that just goes out of your head, doesn't it? Come on, fess up. How often do we read our Bibles every week? Yeah? And how often do we apply what we're learning? And so the Lord said, he said, you know, a great way to get us starting and to keep us consistent, and this is something you can tell people when they first come to the Lord, is that you can use Google. So think of a, think of a need or think of a, a situation that you're actually facing right now and you need to know what God has to say about it. Just think of one. Tell me, tell me some. Healing? Yep. Anybody else? I want you to get your phones out. You can get your phones out online too. Yeah, phones in church. Get your phones out. Now, I want you to think of the need or something you've been praying about and I want you to Google Bible verses on such and such. So healing, fear, provision, family, you know, maybe you're in despair or, you know, you need something for work. I want you to Google Bible verses Because, you see, the Lord actually will work whatever he can to get the word to us, even if he is to use Google. I use Google all the time. I'm like, I need a word for that, Lord. I'll feel the Lord saying something to me, and I'm like, all right, I need a word on that. Because when I've got the word, I've got the promise. And I've got the promise, I know when I speak it out and declare it, that the angels hearken to the word of the Lord, Psalm 103. Yeah, they hearken to what... The word says, and the Bible says that God is alert and active, watching over his word to perform it. And we have authority, like Philip's been saying, that we've got to take authority, and we take authority by speaking the word. Jesus dealt with the devil when he was tempted by speaking the word. But if we don't know the word to apply to our situations, then we just get hit all the time. Yeah? So we we get the word and we... You can Google, so Bible verses on such and such. If you don't know them, you'll get to know them so you can go straight there. So you can go straight to the promises. So you look and, you, and you'll have a whole lot come up. Yeah, like I put in peace and it comes up with, I don't know, 20 verses. And just say, Holy Spirit, show me which word you want me to stand on. Yeah, and you'll start, and it's one will just jump out at you. One or two will jump out with you. Grab hold of those, write the verses down, get your Bible out, underline them. If you don't have lines and markings in your Bible, you're not reading it enough. If it's not falling apart, you're not reading it enough. Yeah, we're not, we're not using it enough. Underline it. Put things down the side of the margin. Write it in your journal, whatever. Get the word so that you can go to it straight away. I actually have verses that I walk around with in my pocket, in my phone, beside my bed. When I'm hitting something and hammering to get something, I have them with me. I've gone back to doing that. Because I was getting slammed with some stuff and I thought, I need to go back to what I know. So you Google what you need. Then what do you do? Then you take that word and you say, Lord, I thank you that your word is true, that you're faithful and alert and active to perform it. And you take authority and you speak and you declare that. 
Because that is it. So if you need healing, what's some scriptures on healing? You know, because you'll get to know them. By Jesus' stripes we are healed, that he bore all our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2.24, Isaiah 53, Exodus 15.26. You'll get to know them so you can go there. But first off, you've got to Google. If you know nothing of the word, Google. You're listening online. If you know nothing of the word, get your phone out, get your computer out, put in the I need to know this verse, Bible verse, and Google it because somebody lovely has put them all in there. You know, God uses technology. Let's not be too spiro to use the things that God has given us to help us walk the walk and, and fight the battle and win. Jesus has done it all. We've just got to walk out our victory. So Google and then speak. And I tell you what, this works. I've been doing this specifically over, over um, just like people coming to know the Lord and it's working because I have scriptures that I'm actually speaking out and I've been doing them for about three months and I'm just like hammering and I'll, I'll pray and I've got specific things. You know, if you're believing for somebody to be saved, get out Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians 3. It says, Lord, that you would give them spiritual understanding and the knowledge of you, that you would flood their hearts with light. Lord, that they would know the height, the depth, the width and length of your love. That's Ephesians chapter 3. That they would be complete in you, that their hearts would be grounded in your love. That's salvation pray. Yeah, that's Ephesians 1 and 3, that he would do exceedingly more than they can ask. So you put their name in there who you're praying for. If you're, if you're brokenhearted, Psalm 147 verse 2 says that he heals up thy broken hearts and binds up our wounds. That his loving kindness leads us to repentance. Now get the word and pray it over your situation. Pray it over your family. Pray it over your friends because it works. Use Google. That is my tip for the day. If you have a need or you have a desire or God puts something on your heart to pray for, instead of going, oh, Lord, please do this, no, it's by the word we pray because it is powerful. It's, it's mighty, it's got a mighty parent because his word and him are one, John 1 says. All right, that's my tip. When you've Googled it, then open your Bible and look it up. Yeah, it's really important to be able to read it. For, to be, you get, need to get a point where you're called self feeding. All right, you're not relying on Google to feed you. You're not even relying on Dale and I to feed you. You are feeding on the word of God yourself. So when you Google it, get your Bible, open it up, look at the verse yourself. Underline them while it's in there. Put a marker in. I've got, I, got, I get old business cards. I've got a heap of old business cards and stuff. Or people give me business cards. I don't want them anymore. I stick them in. Bits of paper, tissue. I don't care what I've got. I grab whatever's around me, stick it in that page. Underline it. <clears throat> you know, I've got a new Bible and it's starting to get worn already. Because you use it. All right? It's, it's paper. It's fine. You can get a new one. As frustrating as when you're preaching and you're going, where is that? Because you'll get to know where things are in your Bible. I can pick up my old Bible and just open to pages. And I know where things are. I know it's on that side about here. It's really cool. You get a new Bible and you have to work that out again. But that's part of the fun. I get to make fresh notes all down the columns. You know? But this is actually how you walk in victory. You know, you read, I'm, I'm working my way through Smith Wigglesworth's um, devotional. He's got a, a, someone's taken all his stuff and put it into a year's devotional. And you just sit there and, and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm like, this is all he does. Is he spends time in the word. And then just walks it out. I mean, Billy Graham died this week. 
99 years of age. And it's interesting, they talked to him about, I think it was about 2001, and said, you know, is there anything you do different? He said, the only thing I do different is I'd actually sit, I'd actually do less speaking and more time sitting and reading the word and spending time on it. And you might sit there and go, but those people have missed out. No, because he understood where the power came from. That he's probably feeling there's a couple of times maybe where he did, did spoke and the power of God wasn't there as strong because he hadn't had that time. The most powerful thing you can do is spend time in the word of God and put it inside you and then walk it out. Because I can promise you, tough times are going to come, storms are going to come. That's a given. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. If you don't have a victory somewhere, don't give up, push in. You know, I told you, I got frustrated this week. Pushed in somewhere and what came out of my mouth, I wasn't happy with. It wasn't no faith, it was just lower faith. And I was disappointed in myself, I thought, I'm better than that, I know better than that, God's word's better than that. So it's not God's word that's failing, it's me. I need more faith in that area. So I push in. I'm going to bust it open. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Isaiah 54, if you're looking for that one. All right? This is our power. This has to be your priority. And don't, I really encourage you, it's the word of God, not what someone else says about the word of God or someone's nice little sayings. I find Christians, we get really good at, oh, that's a nice saying, I'll have that on my wall and I'll go by that. There is no power, it's just someone nice saying. It's God and his word at one, not God and what everyone else says. Yeah? The nice saying may be, and this is where you've got to watch the emotion. The nice saying can bring up emotion, but emotion doesn't help you win the storm. Because your emotion will change in the storm. I promise you that much. You know, when Jesus said to him, let's go over the other side, the disciples were all happy. Half an hour later, they weren't happy. What had changed? The word of God? No. The circumstances had changed. And if you try and live by your emotion, and I was reading the other day how much... Um, they're actually putting stock in... Um, I was actually doing a thing with some, some leaders and one of the guys who's a senior general in the bank, he said actually all their marketing and research now is actually based around emotional response than it is hard fact. And he said to the point that nowadays... You know, you get the, the paper reports that, you know, there's consumer confidence at the moment that think people are filling up. Do you know how they get that? I, I was amazed. This is from a senior guy in one of those banks, all right? He said the way they work out is they ring about 1,000 people and ask them how they're feeling about their finances. And if more people in that 1,000 say, yeah, we're feeling pretty good about things, then they will report in the paper that consumer confidence is up. It's not based on anything other than how people are feeling. Because he said, what happens is we report that consumer confidence is up. So people go, oh, cool, I'll spend more on my credit card. Or I'll go and you know, draw back on my loan and do that renovation on my house. Or I'll go and do this. And it's simply based upon them ringing a random thousand people and 600 of that thousand saying, yeah, we're feeling good today. 
And society responds to that. You see, we're in a society and the devil has worked things so that we go by how we feel. Because if he can go by how we feel, he then manipulates how we feel by our circumstances. And we end up with problems like depression and anxiety because we're being educated to run by how we feel, not by the word of God. Whereas if you make the word of God, number one, it doesn't matter how you feel, your feelings then have to come in line with what his word says. Because God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. And that's based upon his word. That is word, by the way, just in case you're wondering. All right? So if God has said something, that's the truth. Everything else is a lie. Because the devil is a lie, everything else he's bringing in. If it's not manifesting in your life, it's still a lie. If you're not seeing the breakthrough, it's still a lie. And the way you get around that is you get the word of God and you stand on the word of God for that situation and you keep speaking it and you keep speaking it until it's done. You know, Shara had another episode on Friday. It's a Friday. And um, there's actually a shortage of EpiPens in Perth. And so she was sitting here Friday after evening and um, waiting for an EpiPen to arrive because somebody else had it and you're supposed to be here in 10 minutes and 45 minutes it wasn't here, you know. And so she's... And God gave me a word because when she, she had to go to hospital that morning because she'd actually had um, a shot a, attack. And, and to give you context, some people think, oh, what's going on with Chara? Um, what happens when she has an exposure to nuts is that her airway actually closes. So she actually cannot breathe. So it's rather serious. You know, a, a week ago, we nearly lost her. All right? She had to have two shots of adrenaline to get through it. When she has adrenaline, her whole body goes like this. It's really funny to watch. Not funny for her, but, but that opens up the airways. And so she's sitting here and it's closing up and she's got, and God go, when she went to the hospital that morning, I was just going to the heavenly saying, God, what's your word for the situation? Because I can assume, oh, it's this word, it's that word. Go to God and say, what is your word for this situation? And the word he gave me that day was, there is no weapon formed against her will prosper. So I was I-54. So I started speaking that. And I get this message from Dale saying, she's actually really good now. And she was fine. She came home. That night, she had an attack come on her. And she says, I can feel my tongue going. Her airway starts. And, and that word rose up within me because I've been putting into me all day. I was able to put my hand on her head and I said, spoke over her, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And we prayed over her and within a few minutes, it was gone. You know, we were ready to do the run to the hospital. But the word of God is powerful. Now you may go, well, I've tried that and it didn't work. That means you need to build your faith in that area. All right? I've already got, I know, I've got a level. When it comes to healing, I've got a level. And I have to keep building that because faith doesn't come by what you've heard. It comes by hearing. And so I spent that day digesting that word and speaking that word so that it continued to build my faith. So when that attack came that night, I was ready. You see, you've got to prepare yourself. It's a spiritual battle. And we're taking ground. And just because you walk in and you've got a word from God doesn't mean the devil's going to lay down. 
You've got to have faith that that word rise up and then you don't lay down, you cut his head off. That's how you beat him. You take the sword, which is the word of God, and you stick it in him. Because he is going to stand there and defy you. How do I know? Because he stood and defied Jesus. And if he's going to do it to Jesus, he's going to do it to you. And what did Jesus do? Did Jesus get all emotional and go, ah? No, he did one thing. He spoke the word of God. And then when the devil came back a second time, he did it again. And when he came back a third time, he did it again. And what did the devil do? The devil went away forever? No. He went away until another opportune time. In other words, he's going to come back sometime. Because it's a spiritual battle. So we have to be constantly putting the word of God in and building our faith. Because we get the victory. We know the end of the story. So Google is your friend. Or whatever browser you use. But a bigger friend is your Bible. Because that is the word of God. And that is what will take you over. Regardless of the storm. Yeah? All right. I say it's time for coffee. Yeah? There's a word. Not necessarily from God, but there's a word. All right, let's pray. Father, we bless you. We thank you that your word is powerful in Jesus. That you've given us, and Father, teach us to stand on it. Teach us to meditate on it. Teach us to put it inside us that we will carry out your victory, that it will be on earth as it is in heaven. That you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen.